the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. So welcome to a very, well, probably quick Sunday morning USL show after what has been one of the more chaotic weeks that I could ever remember for game stuff since I've been watching. That's coming up. I mean, I've been watching since 2014, and I can't remember a week where this many odd things started happening all at once. It's a pretty small crew today. Only with me today is Alan. How's it going? How's it going? It, it's going. Your, is your Twitter feed is your Twitter feed going as crazy as mine was over the past couple of days? Yeah, I mean, I've been making those comments. I also made a few other comments that about other teams that got some interesting replies, but we will save that for maybe a show later this week because that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is teams and forfeiting, requesting to, and canceling games. So because I think you're the one who is more closely in line with it because it involved your team, I'll let you take over and line up everything that happened. Yeah, so um, obviously we're talking about last Wednesday's game, which I think is one of the points of issue is this happened so long ago and it took a long time to get it all sorted out. Uh, Essentially, in the 71st minute, um, a LA Galaxy player uh, used a racial slur toward a San Diego Loyal player uh, in front of uh, kind of the Galaxy bench and a large collection of uh, players and officials. Uh, it's not exactly clear when the uh, the language was used, uh, so it's kind of hard to say, well, they were, refs were there, refs weren't there, but there's kind of a point where it seems like the most likely place for it to have happened. Uh, and nothing was really done at the time. And um, this player subsequently gets two yellow cards and gets dismissed from the game. Um, so this is essentially how his season ends. Um, and then um, LA ends up going up a man, ends up scoring, ends up drawing. And then it comes out uh, a couple days later uh, that this had transpired. Loyal put out a statement saying that had they had heard that this had happened on the pitch, they would have walked off and would have taken the forfeit. Uh, so they are want to forfeit this match as if it never happened. Um, it's been a little bit radio silent from LA outside of announcing that the player has been mutually, uh, they parted mutually parted ways, which I'm sure is the legally fastest way for that player to uh, make their exit from the team. Uh, so I'm not super critical of the mutually parted ways. Um, I think it was just the fastest way to legally meet the requirements of waiving a player without having to essentially fire the player and open up uh, for some legal issues. Uh, and since then, it's been kind of this question of, does the league recognize the forfeit? Um, is it actually going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is it a little bit performative? Um, and 
what <laughs> what does the league do in this situation? Um, and that's kind of where we are in this kind of weird in-between world of this major announcement where everyone was very supportive of Loyal and, you know, not surprisingly so, I would support that action as well. But then what is the actual outcome? And that's what we're waiting on is this, what is actually going to happen? Yeah, and if I had to bet of what's going to happen, I think the USL is just going to say, this was an unfortunate situation. The refs should have heard this, should have acted on it. I mean, if you remember last playoffs, I believe a St. Louis player was sent off in pretty early on for the exact same, well, maybe not exactly the same. I Granted, I think Phil would know a little bit more about that than I would, but a very similar situation. And I think that's a big question is, did the refs hear it? And if the refs did hear it, then I think San Diego has a big gripe. At the same time, I really think the league's going to say, this was a 1-1 draw. This is considered a missed call. It's, an, it's unlucky it was a missed call for San Diego's part, especially as it could affect their playoff chances. But I think if you allow teams to start forfeiting games, we're going to get to a really interesting situation because that's almost going to force LA to also agree to forfeit. And I, I think it just gets ugly and it opens up a big can of worms. Yeah, I, I understand the like what what position the league is in for sure. And I think that they're in a difficult situation. Uh, I've been told that the team notified the league before they put out the statement. Um, I've tried to follow up and kind of define what that meant. Um, but all I know right now is that the league was notified before they made the announcement, uh, but the league might have not have been um, supportive of that announcement. I think in some ways from the loyal, it's they would rather, you know, give up that point and say we don't want any part of it and playoffs be damned. Um, and I definitely understand that sentiment. And I think it starts a conversation about how do we react. This is like different than like, hey, there was a slide tackle or studs up or not studs up. Like this is a much different conversation regarding use of language on the pitch. Um, and I know that there's like fan standards where you, you can like play and, you know, make them play behind closed doors, although that really doesn't matter that much anymore for most teams. Um, but I think it's maybe starts a conversation about um, how do we hold teams and officials accountable when something like this happens? Like this isn't just a, hey, you missed a call, you you pulled a red when it should have been a yellow, you pulled a yellow when it should have been a red regarding a, a, a soccer play. Um, I do think this starts a conversation about some sort of disciplinary um, actions or consequences for teams that have players who um, uh, make racist comments and um, racist outbursts on the pitch. And that's kind of where I hope we go from here is we need to start thinking about um, the repercussions of that kind of language on the pitch when we're saying we're united against racism and then this happens, are we really united against racism or are we reunited against racism when it's comfortable for us? And I think that's where that question is, is you know, who heard it from Galaxy and maybe they should have said something. If an official said, heard something, I, I think that's where we're getting into this. This is what I hope moves forward. Like, my my, I clicked on your uh, your your poll, which I think is 
most people are saying 1-1 draw. And then that's as a neutral, I would probably feel that way too. Uh, but what, I, what I'm hoping comes out of this is a deeper conversation about how do we handle that type of language on a pitch beyond just, hey, that player's no longer with the team. That doesn't really address the issue at large. Right. And just for the poll reference, I'm just pulling up real quick. It was what should the result be? And the majority, well, 44% have draw should be upheld. And it's about a split between the other two of San Diego should get all three points as LA should forfeit the game. And both teams basically agree to forfeit. No points are awarded. I mean, I think it should be a draw, but as I mentioned, one thing that you kind of mentioned that I thought was interesting is talk about who heard it is there's kind of, of course, a yes, given the OSL's investigation, multiple sources confirm this was heard. If any of those sources were LA coach, then I have kind of an issue with LA more as a whole, because it's one thing this, if you're a team, if you're on there and you hear teammates say kind of, I could see a player go, Oh no, why did he just do that? This is not good. But if a coach heard it, why was he not pulled from the game immediately? I mean, that's that's kind of one of my questions. If an LA coach heard this, why was he still in the field? Why did he not come off at the next possible moment? Yeah, and I, and I, I think that gets to that issue of how do we... Like, this is the issue. Like, I've said this a few times is, is there any repercussions for the team for having this happen and it's like, well, no, that's not. There's nothing. There's no rule that would allow player or teams to be punished for, you know, this type of behavior on the field without like. It's like, okay, so as long as I don't get caught, it's fine. And if I get caught, then I'm down a man. Um, but if I don't say anything, I, I think this gets into like competitive fairness issues, like. It seems to me that like financially we're okay if teams mess up like financially or if teams mess up with some competitive fairness with substitutes, we're okay with forfeiting a match and um, like the San Antonio thing. It's like, do we do they forfeit or not? And if we're okay with conversations around competitive balance around forfeiting with a substitution um, and the gray area of that substitution, I think it's time that we start looking into um, how do we hold teams accountable? Because if teams aren't being held accountable, then they're more likely to ignore or to say, well, I didn't really hear anything. Or if they did and they can get away with it, to not really say and be okay with that player continuing to play for their team. Um, and I know that's like retroactive, but we're okay with retroactive red cards. We're okay with retroactive forfeits for competitive issues. So... Like under current rules, I get that the league is has to work under those rules and regulations, and I totally support that to a point. Um, but I do think there's an issue with at the point of what are we okay with teams trying to get away with, and what are we not? And um, if we end up in the same place next year, then all right. But we need to have. I think we just need to have this conversation regarding you know if coaches are hearing these things and not saying anything what can the league do like like what repercussions does a coach have if they hear these things and not saying something there's i don't think there's a anything that the league can do 
So are we then allowing this type of behavior to exist in a league when we are claiming that we don't want this behavior to continue? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question of how exactly we do that. And to an extent, again, how do you prove a coach heard it apart from saying, well, this person standing five feet away from you heard it, so you obviously heard it, right? And I'm not sure if I'd agree all the way to if something that was said docking teams points for it. I could see putting out massive fines and having a longer suspension than six right. game, or, yeah, than six games. But I think it kind of gets weird to say we're going to find someone for that, not fines, going to going to dock a team points for that sort of thing. Maybe something like a undisclosed fine in the territory of maybe a half a a player's half their season wages for the team and then a second time if it happens again then start docking points but i kind of get mm-hmm. nervous when we go to docking points or anything that's not a team did something that goes directly against the rule book and if you want to put it in the rule book that's okay but i don't know this obviously has no it should that type of language has no place on the field no place in life and people who use it really need to re-examine themselves but I just really get nervous when I start saying teams could be docked points because, I mean, that happens in the USL once a year, maybe, or at most, every other year. And we have to remember, this isn't the right. first time that there's been some blatant on-field incident. I mean, I mentioned the St. Louis in the playoffs last year. There was the Tulsa right. player from a couple of years back who had the exact same thing. And I think he had, it was basically the same results as happened here, where he got suspended, I think, five, six games, got fined, got cut the next day. Or and you could even go back to Romeo Parks from longer ago where he kicked a player in the back intentionally and the team just cut him and that was the end of it. In fact, he's actually back in the league again, just like the Tulsa player. Right. I don't get why teams are right. bringing these guys back. That's a whole different issue. But there needs to be some <laughs> right. sort of rule. I just I get nervous saying docking points because it's one thing to basically cast a player out, but I really don't like removing points except for a last, basically a last option. Right. I, I just think, and that's fine. And I, I think if they, if the league has that conversation and wants to come up with something that isn't that, then that's fine as well. Um, I just think right now, if we want to change the culture of the league and the teams, like if it's just on the player, then you know, the the team can just be like, all right, we're going to cut the player and not really make any substantive changes. Like, this isn't the first issue that the LA Galaxy franchise has had this season. And I, I think there needs to be a conversation about how do we change the culture of, of teams and not just make it all on the player. And if it's a fine, then sweet, let's, you know, let's do a fine. And I don't think that that's necessarily a, you know, you can come up with what you think is a fair... Um, because I think the the teams do have a responsibility as well in all of this. Um, this shouldn't just be on a player. It should be, you know, a team culture and expectations and the like. Um, but I, I think that's the discussion that I would like to come out of this, um, regardless of what happens with the forfeit or not. Because um, I think that's also a little bit of a sticky subject right now with the looking into that competitive balance issue. Like, I think this goes beyond competitive balance. And I think that there's some things that have been happening in the league um, that lead me that direction that USL is okay with kind of 
getting a little bit wiggly with competitive balance. Um, so I don't think that conversation regarding San Diego is something that should be the end-all be-all uh, because of what's happening right now, especially in the Eastern Conference um, with Loudoun United canceling the rest of their season and the impact that might have on Group H. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of, I think it's a matter of days before RGV does the exact same thing. They have way too many games left that have been postponed to finish the season. I think they they cancel at least a couple games. Yeah, they're still holding out the the game that might determine something in Group D. They're still hoping to play that one. Or do you think that they just cancel the season and do the same thing in the East where they do points per game? I think they might just cancel the entire thing. And just for talking points per game, one thing I've realized, I always pull up the USL wiki ahead of this just so I could poke around to find results, scores, stuff like that really quickly. And overnight, they added a points per game column. And that's, this. I think these tables get pulled directly from the USL. And that's new. And that kind of makes me think that when a team cancels a game, it's going to come down to points per game to see who goes on. And that's going to be pretty significant in at least two groups. Yeah, and it's, it does have some playoff implications um, moving forward. And so that's what that's what always struck me as interesting conversation around the loyal draw or the loyal draw versus forfeit is the fairness to the other teams. Um, but we're okay with, and I get it, like player safety is of the utmost importance. Do I think we should shove all of these games in here? Absolutely not. I mean, we've talked about this before of they need to do something they needed they should have thought about this or put plans in place um or um from the beginning realized that they weren't going to go and just had instituted points per game i know that they've talked about it but yeah i looked last night on the website and points per game was on the usl website and it's up right now uh, not in the playoff section but just in the normal standings and so that leads me to believe that it's like hey we're going to do points per game um and maybe a forfeit of a point for Loyal and a point for Galaxy um, push one of those two teams into a playoff spot over Orange County um, because right right now it's 1.64, 1.53, and 1.50, so Galaxy, Loyal, or Orange County. And then you got Group H over here of who gets that home game between Tampa Bay and Charleston against either Birmingham or Charles uh, Charlotte. So is this the right call? I mean, that's a really good question. I think it's almost comes down to the most fair call, unless you want to say teams like Loudon who have to forfeit their last three or four games, basically retroactively have forfeited every single game on the season 3-0. Otherwise, I don't think it's really fair. I mean, and also this could impact Group G quite a bit, too. I mean, we have Birmingham and Charlotte's both tied at the top of 15, but I mentioned that North Carolina's a long shot, but they need a bunch of stuff to happen in five different games, and two of the five games have already happened correctly for them. So they're not dead in the water either, but they could get burned if Loudon, because they do play Loudon, if they don't get the points from that game, that could lock them into third place even if they win every other game this season. And theoretically, if 
if they were allowed to play loud and winning out gives them playoffs, and then I don't think it does anymore. Right. And so I, I think this is when you start looking at, yeah, I realized that points per game was um, voted on ahead of time by the board of directors. They decided if a team cannot play its full 16-game schedule, the points per game model voted on by the board of governors will be applied to the remaining matches unable to be played. So does that mean right now um, North Carolina, for that, for if they have to miss a game, would get 1.23 points added to their point total? Um, or does that mean that you just take it on points per game and uh, do it kind of like I think AHL does, where it's um, it's not just the points uh, system because they play an unbalanced schedule? Um so this is where I get into the who cancels games when, and then if you're going to claim competitive balance for the loyal galaxy, like we're okay with unbalanced schedules, which could kick a team out of the playoffs like in North Carolina or cost Charleston uh, a home playoff match. Um, if we're okay with that, like this is where the incongruency really bothers me is I, if we had just had a consistent, like, this is our consistent decision, then I think I would be all right. But it just feels very case-by-case basis, and someone's going to be a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for, put out, if you will, um, by some of these decisions. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, that, if the pro- that there needs to be consistency. Whatever happens and needs to just be brought over all of it and if all the teams looked at this before the season started and they said, you know what, if we get really unlucky and get burned by this points per game, we get burned by this points per game, but that's really the only way this could be finished. That's what it is. I mean, this has been a unprecedented year for so many reasons. And it's kind of like what happened in England. If you look at all the promotions for promotions and relegations for the second, third, fourth, fifth tiers, it came down to points per game, and that actually changed a few results. I think a few teams that would otherwise have been on pace to qualify for promotion playoffs missed out, and a few teams that were not expected to make it but just got lucky enough to have the right level of games played, they got in. And I think, at least in Wickham's case, a team who was going into pause two spots out of playoffs got promoted because of they've ran the gamut in the playoffs and got through. So it's it's not good the way this is working out. It's There's so many better options, not only for what's happened with San Diego and L.A., but for what's going on with Loudoun and how that's going to affect so many teams. And same with what I still say is going to happen to RGV and how it's going to also impact teams. But we are where we are, and I think we just have right. to live with it. And if this scenario continues into next year we could learn from our mistakes maybe do what i suggested more than once and say we're going to put a couple week break between when we say playoffs end and where where the regular season ends and playoffs begin so hopefully these teams who are forfeiting games because there's no time to reschedule them go well actually no we can just put them here and everyone else goes okay that sounds good we get a week off to rest and prepare for our first playoff game what i I mean, we need to learn from this on so many levels. 
we need to have rules put in place more, I think, to protect players from verbal abuse from other ones. And I think a large fine for the team on top of your six-game suspension is a great way to start that. Say, okay, LA, we're, because they find the USL find the player, but they didn't find the team. Just say, first offense, 20 grand. Second offense, 40 grand. And if you manage to do this three times in a year, then we start docking you points. Something like that. But points per game is what we're dealt with. It's where we're stuck. And it'll be interesting to see <laughs> how teams react when inevitably one team gets burned and says, well, if we would have had our game 16, everything would have been different. Yeah, it's, if you if your last game, you know, is against the first place team and some other play other team is their forfeit was, you know, you were supposed to play Loudon and you could have, you know, gotten some points and the other team could not and that sneaks you into a playoff spot and now you're kind of the odd man out. Um I, I think that's that yeah, that would make me very mad. I think going into the season I think it's something that like, hey, we realize this might be a reality, but then seeing it happen and then actually having to live through it, I think, is another thing that's going to make people a little bit uncomfortable with points per game because it is also a new concept. Like, I think that's something else that's going to make people mad is that this new thing has determined that their team doesn't get to make the playoffs when they had a would have had a chance to otherwise. Um, then on the flip side is... You know, maybe you're that second team that Loudon beats and that you would have made the playoffs anyway. It's like a flip of a coin. Like, I think that's what it goes back to that L- the L.A. San Diego is. Do I think San Diego should get three full points from that game? I mean, probably not. Like, I don't think there's any way to logically reason that out besides, well, they were up at the time. But that doesn't mean that a 10-man L.A. can't get a goal. Sacramento scored two against Orange County down a man. So I, I don't think it necessarily goes back to like I, I want to make sure that we're pragmatic in the in our approach but we're also addressing the issues that seem to be plaguing USL every year and and we, we have this conversation every year um, or twice a couple times a year about verbal abuse on the pitch and we deal with it with the player or we deal with it with the fans and we can deal with it with supporter sections and we can deal with it and there's rules and stuff in place, but there's nothing in place outside of a red card for the player. Well, I, I think we need if we need to have more of a comprehensive conversation, not only about that, and I do think the fine thing could be good, but also making sure that um, players are kept safe. You know, maybe putting in a couple breaks in the in the year. You know, halfway point, there's a little bit of a break in case you need to reschedule games and then a break before the playoffs in case you need to reschedule games. I think those are all healthy things that USL should look into. I know they have some weeks where there's like some bye weeks and such, but games are always playing, but maybe there's, you know, Western conference takes a break this week and then Eastern conference takes a break the next week. So there's games going on, but there's spaces in your season that if you need to move a game around, there's extra weeks that aren't going to put extra stress on players um, and their bodies. Uh, So I definitely agree with that as well. Um, We need to be a little bit smarter. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. The player safety needs to be first and foremost, whether that's safety from 
verbal attacks and safety from not overloading them and just asking for injuries. Because, I mean, these are professional athletes, but you can't go play three 90-minute games in eight days once a month, once or twice a month and expect no one to get hurt because of it. For sure. And I do want to, um, I said this on Twitter as well, that um, I do want to make sure when we have these discussions around like San Diego Loyal, what's happening is that we center the player uh, and we keep in mind uh, that this is something that someone has to live through and work through and then continue to play. Uh, Elijah Martin's season is essentially over because, and this is the last thing that's happened to him on the pitch. Um, so I do want to make sure we, we, we center the players in this discussion as well um, and maybe involve them in this conversation about what what they would like to see as far as holding players and teams accountable for these things. And I know the Players Association, maybe that's something that they can play a part in. Uh, the Black Players Coalition is something I think that they can play a role in um, and really involve the players and those um, coalitions of players that are willing to engage these conversations and ask them what they would like to see. And, and instead of making it you know, top down, make it a conversation with the players themselves and say, what do we think is fair? What do we think we would like to see changed? Uh, bring in some coaches. Hey, what do we like to see changed and have a bigger conversation with the people on the pitch? Um, and I, I don't think there's a way that Elijah Martin gets either of those yellow cards rescinded so he can play again uh, in the last game. Uh, but I think that's something that he, I think he deserves better. Um, I think he deserved better. Um, I don't think there's anything we can do now to change what happened and what will happen. Uh, but I do want to make sure we're centering him and players like him in these conversations uh, because they are personally and emotionally and professionally uh, impacted by these decisions that are being made. So I just want to shout him out and um, give him some love and uh, make sure we're centering the players that are having to go through these, you know, the, these incidents um, and make sure that they have a avenue to um, share what they feel and uh, engage with them. Yeah, I mean, that's very well said and probably a great point to tie this off on those statements unless you have anything further. No, I mean, we'll see you on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, thanks for those of you who stuck with, with this. We know it's not always great situations, and usually when you get a bonus podcast, you hope it's something good, but these things need to be talked about, and everyone needs to be better moving forward, and if nothing else, remember, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick.